Marie-Lise Besseret is a well-known French radio host, interviewer, personality who has done a lot of author interviews in her time. Shall we add anything else to your uh, biography? Well, I've done a lot of documentaries. There were authors in those documentaries sometimes, radio documentaries, and um, some interview live for live programs, radio programs. Welcome to the Bibliophile. Thank you. How would you define the perfect interview? The perfect interview, in my opinion, is uh, when you can really make um, the writer think with you and not uh, saying something he he's used to say about his own work. It's, um, it's a, quite a challenge because people who write don't talk the same way they write. So they have a kind of sometimes speech about their work. And uh, so I... You mean a pre-packaged speech? Yeah. Oh, it's just they're used to be interviewed, so they would say the same, the things. same things, which yeah. which is okay. I understand. It's part mm. of their work. But um, I have a little sneaky trick to try to avoid that. I, I, I listen to a lot of archives, to a lot of interviews that they have done before. So I kind of know when they're telling me things that they already told. Yeah. And so I really try to put them out of this way. And um, in my experience, it's uh, when you really ask things very specific about things you've seen in the book, that something can happen. Yeah, and I think it shows them that you respect their work because you've taken the time to read it closely. To read it and maybe to understand how they try to... To build it. What interests me the most is not only the results of the book, it's the process. And um, I always ask how they write it, they are writing every day, if they are thinking about it um, every day, uh, if uh, writing is a kind of daily process to them, and what are their habits as a writer. Because I think that the kind of life they build around this creative work uh, gives a lot of information about it, how it processes in their mind. And sometimes uh, material elements would give you a lot of information about a kind of spiritual act, which is writing. It's funny because I've, I've always been bored by the process. It's like, okay, I go sit, sit at the desk and I write for two hours. Um, I either use a pen or I use a word processor. What, what more is there to, to talk about? Ah, you can be very surprised by what they say about that. Most of the time, what I've noticed is like writers are also watchers. And um, it's funny to, to try to understand how a little memory would become something else. I mean, how do you use something you've seen or heard maybe in, in the train, in the metro, mm. or everywhere in the streets? Snip, snippet of conversation, for example, or... Yeah, and how do you make it different? Because it's not about life, it's not about real life. It's about how they turn it into writing, creation, especially mm. for novels or poetry. And when they do that, they want to make it believable. They want to make it realistic, or in many cases anyway. They want you to believe. Yeah, they, they make you... They want you to, to go to the journey with you. It's, it's funny 
uh, to understand how things have an impact on them. So you have to understand what moves them before understanding how they turn it into their work, into something else. So I've noticed that some writers, which are very famous now and especially international writers, can sometimes um, uh, ha have difficulties to write all the books, uh, especially after a big success, because they won't meet the same people, they won't go uh, to the same cafe, they would be um, part of a very small world and uh, uh, they won't notice the same details as when they were maybe young writers or living and in or the popular areas. Yeah. Or unknown too, because when they're famous it's very difficult for them just to observe. I'm not sure it's about being famous. I, I think it's it's more about money and who you're going to meet. What do you mean? Who are going to be your friends now? And with whom are you going to talk in the streets? Where are you going to live? In which part of the city? Where are you going to travel? And uh, what subject would be your everyday subjects? Uh, you know? And um, it's difficult to have this part of your life which is writing, being in a room on your own and the life you have to live to have enough material to write about. You're still kind of losing me. They, they Just because they've had a success that gives them more money which means they can live in better surroundings I suppose, better neighborhoods, they could travel more but that doesn't mean they don't get a lot of interesting of course, no, no, of course, don't get me wrong, it's yeah. not what I mean. I thought about, uh, you know, Welbeck, Michel Welbeck, mm -hmm. the French writer, yeah. and it hit me when I said uh, on TV during the French national, you know, the president election, mm -hmm. he said that he haven't seen that, haven't noticed that such a lot of people are going to vote uh, for Marine Le Pen. He said, I haven't noticed that because now I'm rich, I'm part of a very... Um, small international word and I don't see these people anymore and he said and I, I, I was very moved by what he said he said it's a kind of professional uh, vote from me not to have been able to see that mm. and I, I thought in a way he was he was right to say that maybe it doesn't work for everybody of course you talk about tricking authors into talking about something new or something that they may not have explored, something that you together can tease out as opposed to them just giving you the same stuff they give everyone else. I know when I encounter an author, sometimes I'll use the same sort of standard answers they've used so that they can't say that. They have to say something else. So what other tricks do you use? You listen to what they've said. You listen to other interviews that they've given. So you know when you're getting the standard stuff that everyone else gets. What else do you do to try and tease out something that's original? I want something to be alive. It's not about tricking, like, no. in a bad you way. Said, you used the word, okay. I used the word. It's yeah. not in a bad way. No. It's, not, it's just an information for me. Mm. I know, okay... At this level, at this stage, he's saying to me or she's saying to me what she says to everybody, okay? Yeah, yeah. Every interviewer. So if I want to have a special connection, 
you know, radio is about talking mm -hmm. and talking has to be alive. If it's something you have said, said over and over, yeah, they're, not, they're not thinking. It's about, it's like dead words in a mm -hmm. way because you have repeated it. So if you want something to be new, not new for a new information, but alive is talking to you and so to everybody who would mm -hmm. listen. It's not about me. Then you have to surprise them and to make a special connection. How can be a connection except about some detail in their work, which mm -hmm. are never interviewed about? Something yeah. you've noticed, something that is very personal to you. You've, you've noticed a little detail and um, sometimes you have, you have noticed a kind of continuity between first, second novel, third novel, the last one, and sometimes you feel like you've maybe understood something a, a bit profound about what they want to do mm, with okay. writing, right. not only about what this book is about, because usually it's not the purpose what the book is about. It's about conveying some kind of message? It's about what they have seen. To me, it's it's a bit like painters or photographers. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in the photo itself, of course, the photo, but it's about what they have seen and what's deserved a photo or a painting in their point of view. I like to think about that when I'm reading a book or watching a film or uh, looking at a painting. It's why this? And what happened? What yes. happened in their real life? No, it's it's more about the beauty they have seen or something that could mean something special to them. I mm. mean, something that would mean something about life mm. or something that would be relevant to describe a character. And so this little detail of the dress, the color would mean a lot of things about the character that they don't have to explain to you. I, I was thinking about Dickens and uh, Oliver Twist and mm. when Nancy is described, it's all about her dress and the colorful dress she's wearing and he never says that she's a prostitute but you know <laughs> by the way he described the dress that mm. she is. Mm. And I found this kind of connection with the writer magical because you don't really have to say and everybody understands. Yes, that's interesting looking at the choices that authors have made. Why did they make that? Why did they include that detail um, and not another one? And the kind of ability they have to see the, these details. I mean, mm -hmm. most of people maybe would be able to learn the technique to paint, but would they be able to see the world that way, you know? Uh, to see this light, to see this detail. It's, it's the same about writers. How, mm -hmm. how can you use this little scene you have seen on the metro today and that everybody around you have seen and one of them maybe would make it a wonderful page, uh, you know, the same day uh, of his novel. So what I'm getting here is that you, uh, the way you prepare for an interview, you listen to previous interviews and read them. You also read their work very closely. Yeah. So that you can get behind that work and into some of the more profound thoughts that they've had. 
it's sometimes it's it's a feeling I have. It's more about being emerged in their words, their work and their words. Mm -hmm. And so at a certain stage, if you spend a lot of time reading the same author, you would be used to the music, to the one word who's going very often and uh, to the kind of sentences or to the way that this author is always describing the room before he tells what happens or this one never describes the room and always talks about the characters or it's there are dialogues or no dialogues. You would get used to his own words and it's a kind of, of feeling you have. You don't... I can't work with only a theoretical point of view. It's it's not my way of... I'm not doing a critic of the book. There's a part, part of the work which is about that. I would think, okay, this is a, a book with several characters and it's like a Russian book and then there's one chapter about this. And Of course, there's a part of the work which is a bit technical. But there's also a way you have to really get into their word. And then you meet the person and you never know what's going to happen. I mean, you never know if it's if the person will arrive and smile at you and will talk to you. And uh, you know, you don't know the kind of connection you'll make. And sometimes it's working very quickly and you you know that the writer is answering very precisely to the question and is really thinking about what you're asking mm -hmm. and then you know something is going to happen mm -hmm. and you don't have to talk much because it's just going and sometimes you just got answers then you have to do something well you have to listen right that's key it's not only about listening you have to show that you're not just here because you paid for it yeah, you have to show real, true interest, and they can pick up on that. They can they know when you really are interested, right? Especially when there's emotions. I mean, a book you've hated or a book you've really liked, you would have a way to talk about that. You can use that. Do you attack? Have you, have you ever criticized authors about a bad metaphor, for example? Hmm... Criticize, I don't know. Um, sometimes, I don't know. Sometimes I had to provoke mm -hmm. a bit to just to, to avoid this polite way of answering. Mm -hmm. Especially with, I was to say, with the writers who are writing in English. I think this, the, maybe the economical system is a bit different than in France, and so there's a, they are very good professional, you know, uh, for interviews. They are very used to answer to interviews, to read. It's not the same for French writers. They are not as used to read all the time pieces, extracts, and uh, so... What do you mean, pieces and extracts? Um, they, can, they can read, you, you can ask for in the interview, oh, would you mind reading the first page of your book, or something you've chosen and say, oh yeah, sure, and they would read. It's not the same with French authors. They're not as used to do that. They are not as good professional of interview. And um, But maybe they're more genuine. Can be good or bad, depends. But with the professional writers, the very prof you have very good interview very quickly, but you will have this wonderful oral exercise, you know, the exercises of... Um, um, I don't know how to put on. They would impress you easily because 
They had this very brilliant way of talking and reading and um, English as this wonderful uh, specificity to, to help to say, you can say very smart things in a very simple way, whereas French, French is a terrible language because you, you look very abstract and theoretical mm. or dumb, you know, there would be no between, it's very difficult. And um, so mm. sometimes you can get very impressed, but you think, um, are we really talking together? Yeah, yeah. are they saying anything? Yeah. So, so. so you're comparing English and French authors. I had wonderful experience with um, interviewing Irish writers, for example. Mm, like um, who? Um, Joseph O'Connor, uh, Jen Benville, Annan Wright, uh, Jennifer Johnson. They were all very generous, talking very well about their work and also about all the writers' work mm -hmm. and about their masters, you know? Yeah, who they thought were great. Yeah. And they were being honest with you. Who knows? <laughs> hmm. Who knows? Mm -hmm. What else do you do to prepare for an interview then? Obviously you read closely, you think, you so, listen to previous interviews or read them. What else? Anything else? Sometimes when you read their books, you see their interest in other arts. For example, uh, some writers are, are very interested in music. Or, uh, you know, artists are usually artists. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's very common that a writer loves art in general. Yeah. So sometimes if you can notice that there's a, a painting in every book or songs or that they refer to another art that they like, it can be another way to open a door in the interview. Mm -hmm. Yeah, get something they're they're really passionate about or interested in. It's it's about their interest and it's about if they talk about um, a personal passion for something because art is not only about thinking; it's a, mm. about how it can move, and um, and the writers are also readers, and that's very important to ask them about that. I think you interview politicians as well, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I haven't interviewed a lot of politicians, but the ones that I've interviewed, I couldn't stand. I felt like they kept trying to bullshit me. Whereas with writers, really, I haven't, I haven't found that. Well, it can happen. <laughs> okay, so what writers have tried to bullshit you then? It's not about what the kind of interview I hate. I don't think it's about writer or politicians, or but the kind of interview which I've failed in my point of view, yes. are the one when the person are just doing the job, you know? Yeah. Or, I can't say that. They are engaging with you. You know, one of the problems when you're a female interviewer, or I'm sure there's also problems when you're a male interviewer, but you can only interview with yourself. I mean, people will see you and they will think, okay, you're a lady this age and you know you always have a first image of a first picture of oh she's probably like that and yeah it's the same with me though I'm kind of a middle middle-aged white guy there's obvious preconceptions of who you are are you, are you saying that that harms you the situation it harms the interview you are who you are 
Yeah, and you can only deal with who you are. And you know that sometimes the idea they'll have about you, the first idea they will have about you, the first opinion, is sometimes not going in a good way for the interview. So you have to surprise them to break this first What do you mean? Opinion. So you think, you think they think you're stupid or they think you're too young to understand or, or what? Mm. Like there's prejudice, do you think? No, it's not, on, it's not necessarily bad. But um, the kind of interviewer I don't like are the seducer. Wait a minute. The kind of person that you interview? No, no, no. The kind of people who interview... The kind of interview I don't like is when the interviewer, as, as a listener, for example... When I you lis listening to an interviewer, yeah. you don't like the, the, the interviewer trying to seduce yeah. the, the person they're interviewing. Yeah. So Try. how does that work then? <laughs> um, you mean they're flirting with them? No, no. It's... Um, How do you make a connection with someone you don't know in a few minutes yeah. without seducing? You know? That's the work. The work is to get a good connection with them without seducing. Yeah. <laughs> And how do you do that? You look at them in the eyes, for one thing. Yeah. How do I do that or how do you, does one do that? How do you do that yourself? Me? Yeah. I try to put them at ease. I try to show them that I'm human. Let them know that uh, I'm not here as uh, anyone who's aggressive or trying to make them look silly. I just want to have a really good conversation. <laughs> so that's what I tell them. I told you that. What do you do? I don't know. It's maybe the state of mind you have when you arrive. It's you arrive and you're full of what the books did to you. And the first question doesn't, doesn't have to be about, oh, um, so it's your fifth novel and uh, it's uh, about the war in uh, Vietnam. The first question has to be very special, in my opinion. Well, that, you think the first question sets the, sort of the scene for the entire interview? There's an atmosphere. The first mm -hmm. time they hear your voice, the first thing you've noticed, the first thing which is relevant to you mm. and you want to know, it's very important. And uh, if the first question is, it's a bit surprising, then yeah. you'll create a kind of... Alertness yeah. on their part, I guess, right? And the third thing is that they have to listen to the question. <laughs> That's right. They have to pay attention to the question. To, to the question, otherwise they're going to look pretty silly. No, they can. They can just talk, you know. And I want them to to really have a moment there at the radio, live, talking to everybody who can listen. Mm -hmm. And I'm just here to to create this moment for them to to talk to their readers and. Uh, I mean, as an interviewer, you don't really exist. I mean, it's not important who you are. No. It's, it's like an actor, what you can do to, to get there. Mm. And after that, you can even cut your question. It doesn't mind. No, <laughs> no. You want a good reaction. You want, you want something that's going to, what? Entertain and inform the listener. No, I don't mind about entertaining. I want something alive.
You've I, said that before. What do you mean by alive? I want something. Spontaneous or what? what? Not dead. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm translating French with this word. Um, I want, you know, the voice conveys a lot of emotions. Mm. And I don't want you to have an interview who can be the same if it was written. You have to listen to this voice and to the emotions in the voice. So it has to be an emotional moment. It doesn't mean that anybody, everybody has to cry. It doesn't mean that <laughs> everybody has to, to shout or whatever. But it's just, it's very moving to speak about arts. It has to be. Mm -hmm. But as you say, the, the authors typically have spoken about it until they're sick of it. Especially at all these writers' festivals, where they get very similar questions from the audience members, and so that's the challenge is to keep them interested in their own work, I guess. That's why you have to ask all the questions. Your questions. Your questions as a, as a reader. Yeah, and those are unique. Your questions can be unique. They can be the same as others, but not everyone has your take on a book, do they? I don't know, it's, um, as, as writers, usually, most of writers would tell you that, you know, they have those little problems, writer problems. Sometimes they would uh, spend a lot of time trying to rhyme or trying to find a solution for this character and, uh, or for the last chapter or between the two parts of the book. And when you're used to, to read books, and especially when it's not the first book you're writing from the same writer, you can notice these little details. Oh, you found something. Oh, there was a little, a little thing in your book. And these are little keys uh, for the interview. I say, oh, how did, how did you go from the first part to the second part? What did, what did you occur there? You know, what, mm. and usually they're happy to talk about their writer problems because nobody talk about that. It's mm, always mm. about um, the success of the book, the story. And most of the time they are not that interested by the story or the topics because that's the thing that they, they say all the time. Mm, but mm. there are these little things they have to deal with, with writing, which is a huge challenge. They're very happy to talk about that usually. Do you write down your questions? Never. No. You just listen and respond? Yes. I write sometimes a list of keywords. Yeah. Not to forget important things that I've noticed. But I take a lot of notes when I'm reading before the interview. But during the interview, I have to be with them. All the time? Yeah. Because I wasn't with you just then. No. <laughs> and how did that make you feel? Well, I've looked at your notes and say, oh my God, what I'm saying, you know. So I'm not talking to you, I'm thinking about what I say. <laughs> Often in the conversation, people aren't listening to what you're saying. They're thinking about the next question they're going to ask. Interviewers. That's right. It depends the way you look at people. I mean, sometimes... I think that interviews, maybe it would help with the word alive that I said, <laughs> alive. It has to be intense. Yes, intense is good. So the way you look at people has to be intense. The way you, you, you mm. are physically, the way you move has to be intense. And it has to be a little 
tense sometimes, you know? Yeah. And then something can happen. If it's too easy, if it's too relaxed, then nothing happens. It's just, you know... Yeah, I think alive and intense is what we've got to so far. And so what was the most difficult interview you've ever conducted? Oh, there were a lot. <laughs> and, and why? Okay. The worst is when the person is not looking at you, which yeah. happens sometimes. When they're bored to be there, when there are hundreds of interviews in the same day and you're the last one. <laughs> and so no matter what you ask, they're going to answer something else. <laughs> People who seem really unhappy to be there. I had a very difficult interview with... Um, I don't know if I should say the name because I won't interview him ever if I say. If it was difficult, you're not saying that you disliked him. It was just difficult, right? And maybe he'll, if he listens to this, he'll say he'll call you up and say, "Let's do one that uh, isn't so difficult." You don't have to say the name, of course. No, I mean the worst for me is it's when it's a bad promotion. I mean, so for example. Uh, a writer who's coming from abroad. He is in Paris for a few days for the promotion of his last novel. And then you'll be able to get an interview and you're very happy because it's a wonderful writer and you have no chance to go to New York or to mm. where he lives. Yeah. And you're delighted to have this interview and it's a writer you really like and you really like his work. And so you have prepared and prepared and prepared and you've... You, you have all these memories of all these books you have read before and uh, it's wonderful to read the last one and to make comparisons and everything is in your head to make those comparisons and then the author just wants the promotion of the last book and his agent is pressuring him and it's all about the last book but you you want to, to make a full portrait. You're interested yeah. in everything he did, you know? And you, f you feel that it's very unfair because you have, you have spent so much time uh, get, and so much interest in his work. And how does he want, does he want to, to talk about... Does he want to, to talk about his, his, his old work? You've, you've got that then, where they, want, they, they don't want to talk about the other work. They'll just focus on, on yeah. the latest. Yeah. I'm surprised because typically you're going to mention the book anyway at the beginning and at the end of the interview, right? You're going to mention it, the fact that this is the latest book, but... I don't know. I, I Now I have this uh, technique that I trick. always... Yeah, another trick. <laughs> I always start with the last book. Okay. Um, ask a few questions that... Because you always have to prove. Prove what? That you read it? Yeah... Especially, I think, when you're a young woman, you have to prove that you've read, that you've read all the books, that you know what you're talking about. So you just ask a few questions that are very specific, so show that you've really read the books with attention. And then sometimes you feel that it's possible to talk about the other books and maybe some elements of the biography which are relevant in their creative work. I never ask, that's another thing, I never ask personal questions except the ones who are in the book. For example, if there's some autobiographic elements 
mm. in the book. If there's some names in the books which are uh, the names of their mother, sister, sons or whatever, mm. I can ask about that. I don't really ask about personal things except when there's a connection. For example, I have interviewed uh, Nicole Cross this week. Yeah. And um, of course, I'm allowed to talk about uh, what is it to be a Jewish New Yorker, what kind of culture and what the link between her work and all that, because that's in the book, that's part of the imagination, that's part of a word she describes. It won't be irrelevant if there was nothing about that in the book. Yeah. I don't allow myself to do that. That's a kind of rule that I have with myself Why? not to ask. Why? It's an invasion of privacy, you think? Yeah, I think it's not my work. Okay. It's not part of my work. It's interesting you bring up biography because there are author interviewers who invariably bring up childhood, their parents, that kind of thing. Do you talk about that at all? When it's in the book. When it's in the book only. Yeah, because, I mean, of course they, they are autobiographical things in books because that's... The problem is you don't know what's autobiographical and what's not. Um, well, usually you know a bit about author's life when they are a bit famous. Right. Uh, doesn't mean that you're allowed to... I mean, I think it's, it's art is built on sensitivity and it's not because they need this sensitivity to work, that you're allowed to bring whatever you want. I mean, there's a little invisible frontier between the kind of experience they use to write and what you can really... I mean, I have been very shocked as a listener sometimes to listen to some interviews and to hear some very personal, painful questions. And I, I don't think journalists are allowed to do that. I don't think that's our concern. I think sometimes some writers write things because they can't say them or they don't want to. So I think it's part of the job to be very delicate about emotions. I mean, their emotions too. And yet you want to get emotion out of them, but not that way. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't no. think we're allowed to do that. Okay. Who do you think are the best interviewers? And why? <laughs> okay. I mean, do you want names? Yeah. Okay. There's a French interviewer which I admire a lot, who's uh, Laura Adler. She's a French writer, French journalist, and uh, she has a way to, to start with a little thing mm -hmm. and to make the writer talk about the whole word, which I like very much. So Good. From a small detail to a To very global... Thought impressions about the word world yeah the word yeah, yeah. the world sorry <laughs> she's very good at this and uh, what do you think her trick is then she's a very um, small tiny woman she was she was a very beautiful woman and she's cold and there's this strange contrast between this little shape and this cold voice you know, a bit authoritarian, and she's the boss there. And I think it creates something strange, you know? So it's her appearance. No, it's the contrasts. It's the voice. The voice is... Uh, it's a voice you will answer to, because 
she is she's a strong woman, mm. strong voice. And there's also listener don't see the body at the radio but you you also use your body i mean your your appearance people won't talk to me as they talk to you you would got very different answers Uh, i i've noticed that when i was interviewing people when i was pregnant sometimes in the conversation there was always something about that the baby or you know Mm -hmm. or a reference to the pregnancy whereas i wasn't bringing it and i was talking about something else But people would just talk about that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, ha- I had this very strong feeling from this day that you also uh, ask the question and um, the question you ask would be seen on the point of view of you with the way you look, with your voice, you ask that. So I'll give you this answer, you know? It's the way it works, you know? Yeah. What's the best thing that an author can do in an interview? I love when a writer says during an interview that, oh, it's the first time I think about that, but... I see that. I love that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're the first person that's noticed that. (laughs) Maybe that's That's, a trick. (laughs) Well, that's making you feel good. No. It's good for your ego. Also, no, it's sometimes they stop during an answer and say, okay, I have to think about that. Well, I don't know. And you know, there's a little stop. There's a little break. And you can hear them thinking mm-hmm. in front of you. That's what I like the most. I don't mind about a little silence, even if it's live radio, mm-hmm. because something is happening there. So, again, what you you think that they can do to make the interview a really good one from their perspective is to, to think hard about the questions. It's very strange because it depends also of your mood and their mood. I mean, sometimes I get out of the interview and I feel really bad and I, I, I thought I've, I really didn't do what I should. And when I listen to the interview, sometimes it's it's terrible and sometimes it's okay, but yeah. I just didn't felt well with that person at that moment, but the answer were good. And sometimes that's the opposite. You're absolutely charmed and happy, and then you you listen to it and you're like, well, it's not that good. Uh, you, you're not neutral in that exercises. Do you get your authors to read passages all the time? Not all the time, because sometimes they tell you they won't, or sometimes their press agent tells you he wants or she wants. But most of the time I I try to, because I find it's wonderful, and especially when it's in another language. I have a very moving memory of um, a Swiss author who was... Uh, talking in perfect French, but he was uh, writing in uh, Swiss German. And um, when he read his books in Swiss German, I mean, his voice, the way he thought these words had to be said, I mean, I I like that. Not all the writers are very good um, readers, Mm -hmm. I mean, when Mm -hmm. they read for you, but it's very interesting to hear the way they think it should be said, you know? 
Yeah. It's like yeah. looking at someone who's they looking know. at himself in a mirror. I mean, mm -hmm. it's very funny to say, oh, the way they like to see them, their own smile. It's not the same maybe that you would like yourself, you know, mm -hmm. but they think that this is, is like this in their head, you know? Yeah. And I like that. It's, mm -hmm. it's very intimate in a way. What kind of feedback do you get? Any? Yeah, depends. Sometimes. Uh, you mean from the listener? From the listener, yeah. Oh, I do. I do. I have uh, comments on Twitter, on Facebook. I have emails. Uh, yeah, I do have feedbacks. I do. And how is it generally? Uh, it depends. You have the feedbacks of people you know. It can That's be true. professional feedback or friends or family. And uh, you have people who you don't know, which sometimes is very odd. It's very weird because, you know, this voice has this ability to, to become very familiar if you hear the same voice every day. So, and the radio can be anywhere in, an, in a house. So people who are used to listen to you uh, when they are cooking, when they are washing, when they are shaving, I mean, the, after a certain point, they think they know you in a way. Mm -hmm. And so the way they write to you, it's, it's, there's always a bit of a gap between what you imagine and the kind of email you got. You know, it's, for example, you know, French is very formal. Yeah. It's a very formal language, so you won't call people by their first name. But when listeners are writing to you, they call you by your first name because they think they know you. Yeah. Yeah. So there is this little strange thing but most of the time it's very nice i've heard that uh one of the best things you can do going into an interview is to have one sort of big question and it's your mission to make sure that that question's answered do you ever use that approach or do you go with whatever they say oh i know where i'm going i mean i follow them but I know where I'm going in the interview. I know what I want. And sometimes I would have things that I didn't expect. And I'm very happy and pleased when it happens. Where are you going then most of the time? Oh, it's very, very different anytime. In general, I like to go from the book to what really are the main, not reason, but the many think they are writing about. Why are they writing about these things? This, especially, I'm very interested in the things that are, that exist in every books of the same writers. I really okay. like these common points, which are a kind of, it's something true about the author. Maybe he doesn't know himself mm. why, but yeah. you, 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 you have something which shows you the kind of mind he has, the mm. kind of words he, he brings inside himself. That's what fascinates me, the, the, the words inside themselves. The obsessions, perhaps. Yeah, obsessions, maybe. Preoccupations. They're writing for a reason sometimes. I mean, mm. they try to do something in their writing. And um, sometimes you understand what they do. Mm. Or you think you do. I mean, there's something that is relevant to you. And some, what I like the most with uh, literature, which is different to other arts, is that they talk for you. I mean, they sometimes give words to people who can't talk. I mean, 
Oh yeah, it happened to me several times with some writers. I mean, I mean, Proust is to me the the master of that. Like, I thank you for being so able to say that. I mean, something that I've felt I felt in a very disordered way, and to have put that in this beautiful words, so meaningful. I mean, it's not that easy to have this this use of language which is which is meaningful. Someone has said that it's very important to keep the audience on your side. Does that make sense to you? In other words, I guess if you get into some kind of conflict, you want them on your side, not the author's side. Because you don't want them saying, listen to that bitch going on and on and on again about whatever. I think it can be very unpleasant not to have the audience on your side. It's very, It can be very painful. But um, I think that it's not your part to take position in the interview. It's, it took me a few years to understand that you can notice some details and get wrong. Sometimes you'll see things in the book which does exist because you've seen them but are not relevant for the authors. There's, you know, there's this little gap sometimes between writing and reading, which mm. is okay. And uh, it's very important not to put yourself at the same level as the creative person, I think. It's it's a very... Um, to be humble, you mean? Yeah, more than humble. You have to do many things to make them talk, but you have also to disappear. It's a very strange thing to interview someone because it's you have to make them think that it's just the two of us who are talking where there's, you know, thousands of people who listen <laughs> at the same time. But, it, yeah, but it's just the two of you there. You don't have to, unless you're doing it in front of an audience. It's not so hard to think it's just two of you. But that's a trick. What's a trick? Well, you have to make them forget that it's recorded, that there's a microphone there. You have to make them, you know, look at your eyes and answer to you. Whereas when it's a live radio, and there can be thousands of people who listen to you at the same moment. Mm, yes, yes. That's but they have to forget that. So I think you have to let them being the, the one who talks. I, I don't think that the interviewer has to be the star of the show. No. You want the author to be the star of the show. Yeah. Typically, you, you would hope that what the author says is a lot more interesting than what the interviewer says. Yeah, but the interview has to run the interview too. So it's 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 a bit difficult. It's a bit like when you're uh, you're trying to put them in a in a situation that would help them to talk. So yeah. it's a job. Mm. Yeah, I I think it's very strange when an interviewer is there and doesn't talk and let. The writer talks for ages without asking questions because then it's no more, you know, a dialogue. It's no, just it's a so you you have to find this between, and sometimes you just don't. <laughs> so how do you run an interview then? I'm not sure I would be able to say. What I know is that there's a start and the end. I mean, I know at a certain time how I'm going to end that. And when I know that, I know where I'm going, you know? But I don't really have to think about it before. I like this to be creative. And so that's that's the, the strange and part of the job and that's something I like very much is that you have to work so much before 
and then to forget everything you wrote, everything you, <laughs> you thought and just deal with the person who's there, who's a real person and uh, everything can happen mm -hmm. and it has to be created there. So of course the work you have done before is there, but there's also all these live moments which is about meeting someone and it's what I like, this little tension. And most of the time you don't really talk before, no. just a little bit. So it's just boom. You're into it. Yeah. You've talked a lot about voice. How do you go about finding your own voice? My, you mean my radio voice? Not the actual physical voice, okay. but who you are. And okay. This voice. It's funny because the two of them are very linked mm -hmm. <laughs> in my mm -hmm. case. To me, writing and words is, is, is also about music and the kind, of, the kind of music you can have in your head when you're reading a book is very important. And um, I mean, I wanted to find a job which would be in which I can use my sensitivity, which would be a creative, but that would be also a work uh, of analysis and of connection with people. And you know, art is about all that. Everything is linked to me. Um, for example, when I arrive in a studio and I put my earphones and I, you have, you know, this sound is so perfect in a studio. And when I hear the voice of the person I'm going to interview, it gives me so much information about the person because you, you really develop this special way of hearing people when you do it all the time. And the sound of the voice would give me a lot of information about the personality and if he's nice or not, the way he talks to me and, you know, and I really work with that too. Do you want to give me an example of that? Like what, a kind of nervous voice or an arrogant voice? Or, or moving or, 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 um, or, or shy or um, there's people who have very meaningful silence who takes time to talk but what they say is wonderful and uh, you know everybody has this on the rhythm and there's people who have this way of cutting the rhythm of the words you know. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you you notice these little details, and uh, especially when it's the same people you have read. So you have read their work, you know the kind of words they use, and then you have the word they use when they are talking. And everything is is a way to connect. Also, and I know that there are a few things that I can say because of my voice. I know that I can provoke. I can say bad things but in a way that I know it would be okay. Yeah. I have a professional use of my voice and uh, all that. It was, it's very interesting to do that in your job because to me it's, it's a way of having all these elements in the same job. It's, it's about feeling, emotions, work, analysis and human beings, you know? <laughs> That's what I like. I don't know if I've answered to your question. I'm not sure. Finding my own voice. Yeah, I, I, I think a certain confidence and uh, a certain personality that comes through after a while. So you love what you do, obviously. I do. 
They're going to keep doing it. I hope. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> and you don't want to do anything else? There's a few things that I like, but, you know, radio is wonderful because it's very... It's only a way, a technical way of doing things. You can do everything. Radio can be music, can be talking, can be reading, can be informing, can be everything. You know, it's just a way of doing things. You can talk about anything. So it's a creative job because using radio, doing something at the radio, you can do everything you want. It's just the common thing is just it goes by the sound. What I like very much is when I interview painters or photographers or visual artists, it's the way you have to be the listener's eyes to describe. Sometimes with visual artists, it can happen sometimes with writers, you know, they're doing things, you know, they move their, their hands, their fingers or their eyes grow. And I always say that to the listener. I say, oh, you shaked your head. So, oh, you do. I yeah. always say that because... I don't know. I think it's it's a very imaginative uh, media for that because mm -hmm. you're blind. Before I end, is there anything else you want to add about uh, about your profession or about what you've done, or is there anything that you'd like listeners to know about? Well, I, I'm I'm keep thinking about what you said about finding my own voice, and I think. That's a very relevant question. That's a very good question because I think that, you know, I've started radio when I was very young. I was, I was 20 and uh, you change, you know, during years and you're changing and you're doing the same and your voice change and everything's changed. The way you talk to people and the way people talk to you mm -hmm. because you don't look the same, you don't say the same things. Even the questions that you ask tell, tell you a lot about yourself. And sometimes the answer they give you are the, maybe the answer you're looking for. Especially when you're interviewing those wonderful writers. You can, you know, you can find answers about, about life, can be very deep. I mean, mm -hmm. there's some words that have been said years ago that I would still remember. Well, that's what I do it for, is to, is to learn and to... These are some of the people who have have written some of the most beautiful words about some of the most important things that have ever been thought. So to be able to talk to them directly is is a thrill and an education. That's right, yeah. And trusting your own voice, I think, is mostly about, you know, if you think something's just not true or not right, then say it. Don't, you know, don't just go to the next question. Say it. Oh, sometimes I even say if it's not going well in the studio now. Uh, if you have someone who's a bit grumpy, doesn't want to answer to you, I've, I've already said that, oh, so it's it's not easy to talk about your work. Or, you know, I say, oh, there's something wrong. It happened to me once a few years ago. A young writer came, she came for her first novel and there was a song, well, a music was mentioned in the book. So we, we played the song and she started to cry. And I, I really didn't expect that. I, I didn't think that it would happen. And uh, I just said, 
Oh, oh, it moves you. you, you you're crying, sorry, take your time, you know, and it, there was another writer there, you know, there were two ri young writers there, mm -hmm. and I say, oh, it's moving you, sorry, the, the music, I just said to the listeners, and then it was okay, it was not a big deal, because it has been said, it would have been very weird if I, if I didn't, you know, now so I know that when something happens in the studio, I have to say it in a mm -hmm. way or another, I say, oh, when someone is late, oh, you just arrived. Uh, oh, who's going to to show up in a few seconds? I say that now. Thank you for uh, sharing your thoughts on uh, being an author, interviewer. My pleasure. How do people get to listen to your work? Uh, it's the website of the radio I'm working for, franceculture.fr. There are all the interviews I've I've done, I think, which are there almost. And English and French. Uh, well, the problem is the English is is uh, d translated with another voice, uh -huh, so it okay. would be in French. You can you can have the English in the background. In the background. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks very much for being in the foreground with uh, with me. It's You're been very, a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Okay. I've been speaking with Mylis. Bessery, yes, who is a French radio host, interviewer, personality, and author, interviewer. Thanks again. Thank you.